Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Hi everyone and welcome to Mentally Yours, Metro.co.uk's weekly mental health podcast. I'm Yvette Castor, and today I'm chatting to Erica Crompton and Professor Stephen Laurie. Erica is a journalist with a history of paranoid schizophrenia, and Stephen is an academic psychiatrist. We're going to be chatting about their new book, The Beginner's Guide to Sanity. Um, Welcome, Erica and Stephen, to Mentally Yours. Thanks very much for joining us. So we're here to chat about your book that you've written together, The Beginner's Guide to Sanity, um, why did you want to create this? I, I had to, I, I've always wanted to write a book um, about my experiences with psychosis, um, but I kind of felt that it, it would have more to offer as a book if I enlisted the help of a co-author who was a professional in mental health. Um, and I'd met Stephen at a conference on, um, it was about, it was called New Routes to Better Care for Schizophrenia. Um, and he knew all about schizophrenia. It's his area of expertise. And I thought, you know, let's ask him. Let's ask him. And he was up for it. And um, so we started writing this book together. Um, but I just felt that kind of just my experience, just the expert by experience or lived experience on its own maybe wouldn't um, hold water. I thought that it would be much better to have expert opinion in there too. And what about you, Stephen? So I was... I was uh kind of similar but obviously from a professional perspective so as erica said i have kind of specialized in researching schizophrenia for about 25 odd years and look after a fairly large number of patients with that illness and other illnesses and had wanted to write a book that would be accessible to them and to a wider audience but also one that wouldn't be too dry or academic and Around about the time I, I met Erica, I also got told by various agents at an event that if I wanted to write a book like this, I definitely needed to get uh, lots of people's stories in it. So lots of people with lived experience contributing. So uh, meeting Erica was a very 
happy coincidence and um it all took off from there really uh took us a wee while to get going but i think we wrote quite a lot of it during 2018 uh and then finished it off in 19 before uh publishing it earlier this year and who would you say um that it's for really anyone with schizophrenia and and anyone who's interested in like working with schizophrenia or caring for someone with schizophrenia like a friend or a loved one um yeah so yeah yeah i think it's uh, anyone who's got the uh, schizophrenia or any other type of psychotic illness there's there's quite a few different types of psychotic illness uh bipolar disorder for example uh people often have psychotic symptoms as part of that and uh, other conditions that are less common and so anyone with those kind of problems uh anyone looking after them you know boyfriend girlfriend mother father sister brother perhaps but also perhaps anyone, as Erica said, who's just interested in knowing a bit more about psychosis generally and schizophrenia in particular. So one of the psychiatry senior trainees who kindly read the book, uh, drafts and commented on drafts to improve the readability, her uh, partner, apparently, who has no connection, no health connection whatsoever, he apparently likes reading it. To that extent, at least, it's it's worked. Yeah, it's an interesting one for me because obviously I've got bipolar disorder and I've had psychosis. So I really, it would have been lovely to have a handbook like that. I think when I first had my, you know, my first um, bit of mania, because the the thing is, you sort of it happens and then you sort of get back to normal, sort of, but you don't really know what's happened or why it's happened or what to do next. Really, it's you know, and that's almost as bad as what's just happened in a way, the kind of um, mystery around it or the sort of fear around it. Are you all right to tell us a bit um, about your sort of experiences again, Eric? We've obviously had you on the podcast before, but that was a little while ago now. Um, So are you all right to sort of tell readers a little, (laughs) readers, God, are you all right to tell listeners a a bit about your own sort of experiences? I had um, psychosis. My first episode was when I was about 22, Um, I'm 40 now, so it's been about two decades of living with psychosis. Um, It's something that I can manage quite well with medication and different therapies. Um, But it can be quite terrifying when I do have a a psychotic episode. And and there was definitely more at the start of the illness rather than later on. Um, Like I think that the police are spying on me. I think that I've committed like really heinous crimes and they're not not just like a burglary or, you know, sort of a mugging or something, really serious, like, you know, blowing up Canary Wharf type serious. Um, and I, I just really believe it's true. And I might start to think that um, that songs I hear on the radio have been written, especially for me to kind of condemn my behaviour or um, the TV might be talking to me in, in the subliminal messages. And um, it's, it's terrifying, you know, it's, it's ironic to me how much, fear I inspire in others when they hear I have psychosis when the reality is that you know I'm just terrified myself really and kind of housebound when it's happening I mean in terms of my sort of experience it was so I had delusions and it was for me it wasn't really terrifying at the time but I think the terrifying thing was sort of afterwards realizing that you know I wasn't sort of normal and things weren't going to go back to normal and it's interesting you said what you're sort of saying about things on the tv and stuff because I remember having exactly the same thing in one of my um, manic episodes where, yeah, I, I thought that people on the radio were talking to me, you know, not in the normal way, but sort of directly um, and being able to control the weather and sort of classic things like that. 
how have you felt sort of writing this and what have you learned from it um, in terms of, well, the, the whole topic? Um, it's been a really cathartic experience writing it down. Um, I've learned a lot. I mean, you know, like when I go and see a psychiatrist, I might only have um, 15 minutes with um, with my psychiatrist. So there's a lot of unanswered questions that I've I've always had at the back of my mind um, that, that I wouldn't necessarily have the time to go through with my own psychiatrist. So this has kind of been like, you know, all those questions like causes and, you know, um, things like cannabis, you know, it's kind of helped me sort through my own history of what might have caused my psychosis um, and just sort of like, you know, different medications and different types of diagnosis and why it takes so long to arrive at one diagnosis and how they might kind of change over time. You know, different mm. lots of little questions that I might have had um, is kind of addressed some of those. Yeah, because it does take quite a long time, doesn't it? I mean, for me, it was not till I was 24. So I think I had my first manic episode when I was about 17, 18. So then that's years of kind of sort of knowing that you've gone a bit mad and not really knowing what the issue is. I think the, I think as Erica said, there are, there are, there's quite a lot in the book. And as one of the reviewers said, that it's, it puts quite a lot into about 200 pages, but hopefully in a, in a relatively readable way about all those sorts of questions that people might have about, well, what's the value of a diagnosis in the first place? What's, what does a particular diagnosis mean? What are the causes or not of these different conditions? Uh, and perhaps most importantly, what, what, what are all the treatments about? What are the pros and cons of drugs in general and different drugs in particular? What are all the kind of things that people with psychosis of one form or another might benefit from? So there's a lot of different things in there. And I think as one of the publishers said, when she read through a draft, and at the very least, the book's going to give people an overview of the sorts of things that they might be able to benefit from, uh, that they may not appeal to them, but might appeal to them, that they maybe haven't had, maybe haven't been offered, but are available if they maybe ask or look around for them. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Because I think Maybe for some people that might be the assumption that the options are just sort of medication um, and sort of that's it. It sort of starts and finishes with that. But you cover sort of quite a few things, um, including sort of alternative things and sort of self-management and stuff. Um, I think there's quite a lot of people can do to help themselves, uh, contrary to what they, they may have been, may believe or may have been misinformed. There's a lot of people, a lot that people can do to help themselves. There's a lot of different things out there that, that might help. You know, perhaps above all, there's there's all sorts of things that are part and parcel of everyday life that are good for just about everyone to do. And there's no reason why people with psychosis can't benefit from those kind of things as well. Hmm. What are a couple of those? Because, I mean, we hear sort of throughout the pandemic, we had the government sort of saying, oh, you know, everyone should sort of look after their mental health. But what are your thoughts on what well, everyone can do? As we, as we say in the book, really, there's the sorts of things that are common sense in a way. I mean... You know, try and eat well, sleep well, keep physically active, but also keep mentally active and socially active. I think in my experience, for some people, it's a, at least with schizophrenia, it's it's about finding the sweet spot for them in terms of doing enough to kind of stimulate them and keep them interested and not doing too much uh, so that they start to feel stressed and that can 
you know, sometimes make people feel unwell again. So it's, a, it's for each individual to find that sweet spot for them in terms of these overall activities with hopefully help from psychiatrists and other professionals. In writing this book, Stephen, um, is there anything in particular that you learned yourself or that you sort of got a new perspective on from working with Erica? Yeah, the, uh, well, the the this may not sound surprising as an academic, but, you know, despite my best efforts, every time I, you know, every time I wrote a draft that I thought was sufficiently clear, non-jargonistic and accessible, Erica and the other people who would read it, including the psychiatrists and the publishers, would say, well, you know, this could be easier to read. That's a bit use of jargon there and so on and so forth. So in the end, I think um, after about three or four drafts, particularly of the chapters on causes, um, I think we got a, a good balance between accuracy and accessibility. So that was a big learning curve for me. Well, I suppose we haven't, we started this off oddly because we didn't start off by asking you how both of you have been doing over the past year. But are you all right to sort of tell us because everyone's lives have been changed so much, haven't they? Um, and I guess um, both personally and professionally. Are you all right to sort of chat a bit about that? My psychiatrist has encouraged me to be dancing um, during COVID while the weather's and while the weather's not so good. Um, I told her that I'd subscribe to Spotify um, and was enjoying listening to music. So she suggested a way to keep active and, and keep happy was to, to dance. Um, so I've been doing that. Uh, my physical health has taken a bit of a um, bashing. I, I, I fractured a, um, a vertebrae in my spine. Um, it's a bit annoying, and um, so I'm kind of more more housebound than ever. Um, it's tricky, you know, but you know, there's there's still things that you can do um, from the comfort of your own home that are in the book um, that help, you know, like maybe practicing a faith or listening to music or yoga or meditation. It's like there's no, there's no end of things that can be done just from home. It's just sort of finding them and finding the motivation to do them mm, I guess what I'd say as well is like what I want to what I want like to know is how easy do you find it to sort of follow some of the advice in the book it's it's quite straightforward and quite simple and it's motivated I think with schizophrenia sometimes people aren't motivated to do things so for instance if my psychiatrist or the book suggests um, a healthy diet and cooking I might struggle to motivate myself to do that um but as Stephen says earlier it's about finding the balance that works for you and I know that I really enjoyed walking so I can I can do that to stay well when the weather permits it um there's certain things that I do enjoy doing that I can do that are good for my mental health and that that you know so uh, meditation is one I do like uh, Michael Seeley hypnosis YouTube videos um walking is another um my social contact is my neighbor so I might sort of have a conversation with the neighbor over over our wall um, and that's quite nice. Um, and keeping sleep hygiene is good as well. Like um, I try and go to bed at the same time every night and get up at the same time every morning and get into a routine of that. Um, so that's one thing. I guess it's um, it's different for everyone, though. Like everyone's symptoms will be different and what they enjoy will be different. So I guess I guess with the, the good thing about the book, I've, I've listed like 100 different ways that I've tried to stay sane. And then I says why they helped me. And then Stephen says whether he feels there any help. And then we've kind of left to the reader to decide whether this is something that's going to help them or that they could try. 
And what about you, Stephen? Um, how have you found things um, during the pandemic? I have to say, I found the, the the two months of complete lockdown back in April and May very difficult because uh, um, I could hardly see my children and I couldn't play golf at all, which is my the, the, my main kind of social and physical outlet. And um, but since uh, the kind of um, less severe lockdown, since we've been able to go out and about a little bit uh, within a bubble or two, it's not been too bad for me. I um, I was on sabbatical to write another book, actually, uh, for six months from April. And I found myself sneaking into work to just as a break from uh, writing at home, ironically enough. So it wasn't the best sabbatical, but I can't complain um, because my, I think my lockdown six months or so has, has been uh, probably less bad than average. Um, How about yeah. in things in terms of your, your own mental health? I, was, I guess I'm wondering also through lockdown, did you find you had to practice what you preached with some of the things mentioned in the book? Very much, yeah. I mean, I think the I'm pretty good on sleep hygiene generally, uh, but and regular physical activity is not usually a problem for me, although I, I, I do Pilates and I couldn't go to Pilates classes. Uh, that was a bit of a pain. Uh, I would try and go out for long walks. But once you've gone out for you know a long walk for an hour or so in every possible direction from your flat, it ceases to be quite so attractive a proposition. And there were certainly a couple of days I remember where I didn't get out at all because uh, there didn't seem much point. And I definitely paid the price for it. You, I think if you spend a day on your own not doing very much other than maybe watching TV or staring at a screen, it's not very good for you generally. So I think I think everyone's obviously had that experience in the past few months. But I think if you've got you know pre-existing physical or mental health problems, it's probably that much worse. I can totally relate to what you're saying about the walks thing, though, because I am, um, yeah, I got well and sort of truly sick of the same walks but at the same time it's yeah there's sort of precious few alternatives really um, yeah, exactly. a lot better doing the same walk again and again is, it may feel pretty dull but it's a lot better than doing nothing i think yeah mm. so um both of you what are the main sort of takeaways that you'd want people to sort of take from this book it's, it's like a self-help book so it's like um, a pocket guide that people can dip in and out of um, to help it's, it's you know it's kind of does what it says on the chin it's going to help people with psychosis um, and their friends and family stay sane um so we hope they can take home a, a slice of sanity yeah and and exactly what you said as well i think about friends and family i think it's going to be really handy because although you know on the one side i'd have really loved something like this after i got sick it would be great to kind of maybe just give this to a family member or friend to sort of understand a little bit about all the weird sort of stuff that's gone through my head um, mm. in mania so yeah i think that i think i would agree with those points i would also say that um the book could answer a lot of questions as we've talked on on about already but i think in general we also give a fairly kind of no holds barred account of what these experiences are like but also a fairly positive message that there are things that people can do that they can try and uh, persuade their psychiatrist to get the right drug for them at the right dose that they can 
try and get other treatments from other professionals if possible. And overall, that, that you know, even if you've got quite a chronic psychotic illness, there is always room for hope. Uh, the condition can always improve with better treatments. And um, so we try and, 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 and keep a fairly kind of positive overview of what is or what can be quite nasty conditions. Yeah, absolutely. It does feel like there is a lot of hope in it and and lots of choices, which I think is is really helpful for people. Um, so, I mean, for one thing, I really loved the way that you sort of talk about quite in depth about the different sort of drug drugs, but you also sort of mention possible side effects. But and then you say, well, here's some alternatives, and um, and also here's some completely alternative therapies and stuff. So it's a really wide range of things that you can do I, I love how proactive it is really because I think people Good. can be quite hopeless can't they after um a, psych- a psychotic episode it can be quite an alienating experience can't it as you've both said and I think uh the value of a diagnosis in general or this book is that we can try and make sense of those experiences put them in some kind of context help to explain the causes and give people a range of things that they might be able to do uh, that might help themselves yeah or, or help people that they care for yeah no and I'm, I do relate to what you said there Erica as well about it sort of it can feel like a death sentence sort of initially afterwards initially, just because it seems yeah, like such a strange thing yeah but there is there is there is hope for recovery for 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 everybody so what kind of response have you had to the, the beginner's guide to sanity um well, we've had some we've had some good reviews um in the Lancet Psychiatry um, which has it informed, educated, and entertained, um, and then another good review in a magazine called Therapy Today, um, which a friend found. Um, yeah, and um, there's been some, a, a nice Amazon review as well from a guy that was actually featured his story in the book, and he was really pleased with it. And he says he's going to order copies for his family and friends to help them understand him better too. So it's been some good responses so far. That's great. Have you had any personal responses yet from, um, for maybe readers that have been through this kind of thing and have found it useful? I I haven't had um, any personal emails. I think because I've kind of told my story extensively in newspapers and in magazines, and maybe I've kind of solicited all the, all the emails I'm going to get now. I think people kind of know my story and um, it's out there. Um, so I haven't had any personal emails, no. A couple of my patients have, have bought the book. Unfortunately, I didn't get enough free copies to give one away to all my patients. But a couple of my patients have bought the book and found it very useful. They got positive about it. Um, I do have copies to give to each of the three patients of mine whose stories are mentioned in the book, but I haven't been able to give them to them yet because of lockdown, because I've only been doing telephone review appointments until probably next summer, I guess. But the other thing, I mean, I think there are, as Erica said, there's, there's a few reviews up on Amazon and elsewhere that are, that are very positive from from various people, including from uh, Nathan Foley, uh, the author of Shock of the Fall, and uh, another book of, about psychosis, and... Uh, we've, we ha- we're delighted that we've been nominated for the People's Book Prize as well. So we're on the shortlist for the People's Book Prize, uh, which the result of which will be declared, I think, in April. 
That's fantastic. Well, fingers crossed for you. Um, yeah, as I say, it's a really helpful handbook and it's definitely needed. Um, so, Well, it's amazing I, that there hasn't been something like this before. There, it's, uh, there have been, um, as Erica alluded to at the beginning, there have been people's own accounts of their illness and there's been psychiatrists or other professionals who've given their views about psychosis or schizophrenia or bipolar disorder. But as far as we know, there's, it's the first kind of joint effort or, or, or genuine piece of co-production, um, certainly about psychosis, possibly in, possibly in mental health generally. Yeah, and it's brilliant because it's, I think it's really important to get those two sides. It's um, fantastic. If you've been affected by any of the issues we've been chatting about today, please give the Samaritans a ring on 116123 or you can email them at joe at samaritans.org. You can also go to their website, which is samaritans.org. If you've liked this, please give us a rate and review. We're also on social media, on Twitter at MentallyYRS, and we're also on Facebook. The group is private, but it's just called Mentally Yours. See you next time. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.